welcome uh, to another episode of the Diarrhea Podcast. My name is Kyle. I don't know why it feels weird saying that. That that's the name that I'm choosing for now. Um, how's every How's everybody doing? God, these care of vitamins really are working. I was walking down the street this morning, and I just felt the sudden urge to do jumping jacks. I recommend care of. They are uh, they're like hymns, but not for your penis. They're for your other head. They're not for that head. They're for well, they're for everything. It's just vitamins. Um, you choose all the vitamins that you think you need, and they send it to you in your mail. You know, it's a very millennial company. It's with the with the flat bolt colors, the creepy cartoon drawings of all the people doing, but uh, they're like floating and dancing. Yeah, I have here the thing that they prescribed me was a uh, pervitin. You should check it out. Mm. They opened. Uh, like a Whole Foods called Andronico's. They opened an Andronico's right down the block from me, and I realized, you know what? Sometimes gentrification rules. It kicks butt. Uh, fairly crowded in there, considering, you know, what we've all been worried about the last year. Um, I'm going to get it. I have this theory about where society is going to be at in regards to if there's ever a point where we're looking at this last year or what happened the last year, at least in the rearview mirror, it's not, it's not great. Um, it, it, it is just generally due to a lack of faith in large groups of people. I think, uh, not that there will ever be a day where some, top official says, okay, you do not have to wear masks anymore. Watch how long it takes me to be wrong on that. Not that there will ever officially be a day like that, but if we ever get to a point where we're not wearing, if if masks are starting to go away and there's not as much of a concern about them, what will take its place is just this underlying low frequency social tension. Like now, if you're in line at a grocery market and you're not wearing a mask and someone else is wearing a mask, there is going to be this unsaid assumption between the two of you where they think you do not care about human life. That That's in place now. Even if we're all vaccinated and masks are going away, if you are not wearing a mask in public, people who are wearing a mask will see you as a threat. So there, will, there is now uh, a, a social impetus to keep your face covered. And, and they're all, I was saying very early on that we're really not thinking about the long-term impact of something like this. I'll ask you guys, I don't even know who I'm talking to, positive question, how long did it take you while watching commercials or movies, um, movies that already came out, how long did it take you when just consuming media 
did it take you to start going, hey, they're not wearing a mask? Like that little reflexive, almost unconscious response that you're having at the back of your mind. I'll admit it, it started happening about six months in for me, where I found this little voice in my head watching, I don't know, HBO, uh, Sopranos. I found myself going, hey, they're not wearing a mask, and catching myself and being like, wow, we as a people are way more psychologically malleable than any of us are even assuming. I don't don't think anyone is really considering that part of it. Um, So now, there is going to be this tension and sort of this, this, this implication that if you're not wearing a mask... Even though there's a general assumption of safety now, you don't care about your fellow man. At least that's in California. San Francisco seems kind of authoritarian to me. I think I was talking about that in the last episode. Uh, there's a lot of you. You walk around. There's a lot. There's a lot of slogans. Everything is a uh, very slogany. And I think slogans as the main form of expressing beliefs are very shallow. And I mean, that's not even that smart of a statement. I'm, I'm I'm getting a little worried about the whole trust the science. When you start treating science like a religion and no one cares that's that's weird that's that is weird um i thought the i thought the whole point of science was to always be questioning the information yet we have seen a rather strict command to follow exactly what we're being told i thought this was supposed to be a comedy podcast <laughs> I think this is going to get tied up into like other social justice issues too. So like if 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 you're not several years down the line, <laughs> if masks are still a thing and you're not wearing a mask, people will be able to make that link and go, oh, so you must be uh, uh, transphobic. You're not wearing a mask. Um, I don't know. All of this is giving me a, a a pretty good excuse to not tip restaurant workers anymore which if there's a a better time to say that if there's a better time to say i'm not supporting my essential workers it's it's now well i guess if i am saying that i'm I'm just in line with uh, their boss which is what you effectively are when you sit down at a table in a restaurant you have the ability to ruin that person's life really you could you could seriously fuck up their career if you felt like it if you were in a bad mood but I guess that's what I'm in. I, <laughs> after being told, sir, you need to keep your mask on between uh, a drink and an entree being delivered. Yeah, fuck no, I'm not tipping you. Finally, I have an excuse to not tip you. There's a Sun article today about the the main group that was highlighted of, of people who are uh, supporting Newsom amid the recall effort 
all tech billionaires. What a what a shocker. Um, what what a coincidence. I'm very. I don't think that list of 2.2 million names is going to have any democratic autonomy compared to what five tech billionaires, including Eric Schmidt and uh, Reed Hoffman, have to say. Reed Hoffman being the Netflix guy, Reed Hastings being the the LinkedIn guy. Um, I don't know if you I, if anyone has not figured out that. Uh, California has officially volunteered itself to be the laboratory for whatever plans uh, people like Eric Schmidt, the ex-chairman of Google, now on a board seat of the Department of Defense, if anyone um, does not assume that they are treating California like the laboratory that it is for whatever future that they envision sort of to pull out of the desiccated remains of our major cities. When the smart cities, we're not going to convert our current cities into smart cities. Uh, they're just going to build separate ones, and there's going to be a, a migration towards that, and it's going to be a trend. And if it's <laughs> and if and if the government is completely privatized by then, it's going to be like I live in the uh, the Firefox smart city. Oh, I live in Spotify. Oh my god! Oh my god! We both live in the Spotify city. Just got a notification from my girlfriend that today is officially the one year anniversary of meeting our cat, which is that's nice. He uh, he came over and he said. Listen, there's only uh, room in this house for two pussies, and right now there are three, so I think I said on the last episode that Gavin's entire policies are devoted to the beat of a drum, but the beat of a much more private drum than any of us are really looking at um and any positive effect that the what is it corporate state has he'll take credit for as as a claim that that was the intention all along but the idea that that california i mean it's it's become it's gonna it's its own country california has acted like its own country this entire for the last year and the idea that we're not going to just saw ourselves off of the rest of the United States and then float down to the Pacific ocean to be, we're like, we're like the pilot program for how well <laughs> the United States are going to integrate with China. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put that out there. Um, we are using California because it's big enough to be its own country, but small enough that it's not, you know, the entire United States, uh, yeah, we're we're definitely the ground zero for whether or not this whole <laughs> uh, singular integration with the world economy is going to work. So I guess I understand the people moving to uh, Austin, although who knows? I don't know. I don't. I don't really. My girlfriend is like, you've you're such a Republican now. 
I I don't think I moved. I mean, I probably did, honestly. So, the main people recalling the Newsom effort are are tech billionaires. That's that's wild. Um, found another article. Let's see here. How the pandemic shaped millennial adults growing up. I was a little nervous when I when I opened this article because I thought I was going to get a sense of how behind I was as a person, as a human being, as someone approaching the uh, end of my 20s. Um, but then they start giving examples of what it was like for these people to grow up. Here we go. I started making my bed every day. You know what? I think I'm doing. I, th I, th I think I'm doing pretty well. Comparatively speaking, as a person, maybe I am a little more grown up than I realize. My parents pay my rent. What's let's see? What's another one here? I started eating healthy. So this is the whole like hashtag adulting crowd. Why is adulting so hard? Uh, maybe because you're drinking mimosas at 11 a.m. on a Sunday. You ever think about that? You retard. Think about it. I don't know. Nice bumper sticker. Never mind. That's the thing. I know boomers get a lot of shit, rightfully so. Baby boomers, um, they they criticize us for our parents paying for everything. But it's like, aren't you our parents? Oh, you said you're you said you're sixty five. Um, boomers get a fair amount of crap as they should. But you know, millennials aren't really that great either. Uh, just in my opinion, we when you combine social media with how self-focused we were raised it's not or any sort of like activism with how self-focused we are it, you're just you just have a bunch of dishonest people on instagram pretending they care about certain things um i there's something that caught my eye the other day uh uh it, it seems like a lot of uh it seems like a lot of people are pretending to be queer and I, it's at the expense of like a lot of people who maybe are actually queer. Queer now seems to be um, for women who like made out with a girl once at a music festival when they were on Molly and maybe they were like in a bikini, like wearing pasties or something like that. that apparently that's like what uh, queer is now maybe to the detriment of people who are actually having serious uh, identity issues but uh, just from what I'm following maybe there's some better queer profiles to follow queer just means you you want an excuse to post nudes of yourself on on Instagram without people going well you you just want to show show your boobs on instagram that's i think that's really what you mean i think the qualification for being queer now is is someone who goes oh, well i'm not not queer that's i think that's the extent of it it seems like everybody's just ready to eat their neighbor neighbors at this point their next door neighbors their love thy neighbors. I know uh, there's a, a lot of people are seeing a general um, carefree spirit emerge in the last few months now that vaccines are getting spread out and places are reopening and the mask policy is is getting less strict, um, marginally, little by little. 
Um, but on the flip side of that, you have, I think just these more like domesticated, maybe like families. I don't know why parents are, care about their kids so much. The kids are probably going to survive. It's just a baby. Baby's got more power than you. Baby's not going to die from COVID. Who cares? It's just your stupid baby. Um, there, there seems to be like a, 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 a general fear of, of like families walking down the block are just like getting ready to burst at the seams when they're, you know, the kids in the stroller, you can tell like they got to get their fresh air but they're ready to just swing on it. I was, I was talking to a friend at dinner the other night, um, and she was explaining how she's just so ready to pop off, good or bad. I'm like, yeah, that, like, tissue between the bone, you know, between the bones of, like, you know, that buffer you had between, you know, being calm. Like, I, I was like, yeah, I'm ready to just, like, yell at anybody who, who, tries to get me to do something like that that tissue that membrane of being polite that loading time that takes to go from like calm to frustrated it's just there's sort of that buffer there of like i think lashing out at someone is scary for biological reasons because there's risk in doing it so our body creates cortisol or whatever freaking chemical that makes it so when we think about human conflict we, you know, we get a little nervous when we realize, like, oh, this might be it. Like, I fantasize about yelling at people all day. But the moment I have an opportunity to, all of a sudden, my I, my heart is pounding. That's got to be biological. That is gone. That's completely gone. The thing about all these people supporting Newsom, the, like, I guess I'm just referring to the billionaire brigade. These people... Uh, they might be around forever. Seriously. Whenever whenever someone makes an absolute statement about something, it only becomes a matter of time until that thing is false. Like, that's when the ticking clock starts. The moment someone says, uh, you can't hack crypto, Bitcoin is, is unhackable, it's the most completely secure form of currency digital currency that's when you know okay someone's gonna hack a, a crypto ledger and disperse the information Grow, growing up all the time you heard the only two things in life you can't avoid are death and taxes well these guys have figured out one of those already and now they just gotta wait for Neuralink <laughs> or whatever Elon Musk is working on. Like, you really think they're gonna let themselves die? You think when Jeff Bezos hits 85, he's like, well, guess that's it for me. I just wish I had more time. That's the greatest enemy, time. There were so many things I wanted to do that I wasn't able to do. I was uh, talking to a friend about, I was, I was explaining to him what the shock doctrine was because I, I was just reading it. I just, I talk about whatever the most recent thing I've read is just to sound smart. 
and he, he he got it. He knew what I was talking about. He's like, yeah, but we wouldn't do that to our own country. And then he mentioned, I think, wasn't there like a coup in Bolivia last year or something? Inez was uh, Inez replaced whoever the left wing was it Maduro or is that Venezuela? Oof, that might be Venezuela. Anyways, there was a cool coup in Bolivia, in 2019-2020. My buddy was like, the reason we do that is because the other countries have resources. The United States doesn't have any resources. He's not looking at it in the right frame, in my opinion. Um, I think we could probably agree that we live in uh, what we could call a technocracy. And what is the one thing that we've been saying the last several years about these online social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? If the product is free, you are the product. Any shock doctrine-esque strategy that is overlaid onto the United States is, is going to be one that is meant to serve not raw material resources. That's that's not what we're after anymore. Everything is digital now. So we're inside all day. We're on our phones all day. We are the resources. We are the battery. We're the fuel feeding this digital superstructure that is becoming ever more pre prevalent in our lives. So the idea of all of us being in our homes and being on the phone all the time is immensely beneficial to both uh, companies that uh, rely on aggregating data and needing more of it. And also, if you're like a, like a politician, your job must be so much easier if everyone is just inside and you don't have to worry about controlling them this is i don't think it's that crazy I, I think the thing i said about the the cryptocurrency getting hacked was a little more uh convoluted than this i don't know i guess uh i think i'm just a little uh worried at the it, it seems like there are a lot of straw men arguments when it comes to justifying the censorship of certain viewpoints on social media platforms, Twitter being the main one and all of the supporting arguments for it coming from Reddit, one of which refers back to that cake denial for the gay wedding couple in Kentucky, what was that, maybe five years ago now? If you don't remember, a gay couple in, I want to say it was Kentucky, tried to get a cake done for their wedding at a cake shop. And the lady was a conservative religious woman and was like, I'm not going to make you a cake. It doesn't align with my values. Two men getting married doesn't align with my values. There's a big uproar. People saying it wasn't her right. Other people saying, well, why don't these two fellas just go to another cake store this was being compared to 
uh, as a counter argument, the more right wing people who were complaining about getting censored or banned from Twitter. A lot of, let's just say, Redditors were saying, uh, well, hey, if you get denied service at Twitter, how is that any different than getting denied service at a bakery? Well, that gay couple was able to go to another bakery. The comparison implies that there are just... I'm sure this was a small town. It's not like these people from the right wing who are getting banned from Twitter have all these other local Twitters they can go to. There's only one Twitter. If there was only one cake shop, if there was only one cake shop, then it would be a problem because where else are these two fellas going to have, how's it going fellas? Uh, where are they going to get their cake made? They have, they have a right to have their cake made. There are options. There are no other, <laughs> there aren't any other, uh, cake places to go place your tweets. There's, there's only one Twitter. So the argument of like, well, these people were denied service when they wanted their cake now you know how it feels. It's like, yeah, but eventually they found a place that was like, yeah, I'll make your cake. And to follow that up, people are like, well, just make your own. If you don't like it, you're getting banned from Twitter. If you don't like it, make your own Twitter. They did. And it got shut down. <laughs> uh, it's parlor. And I'm a little confused on... It sounded like the parlor admins themselves tried to do something to prevent everything that happened at the Capitol. It sounds like the whole website got accused of what those people at the Capitol did at the beginning of the year. Um, but to your point about like, well, if you don't like Twitter's policies, go make your own Twitter. The one alternative that they did make, conservative people, was shut down by the very people who the go-make-your-own-Twitter people support. So, now, because of all of this, what do we get when we say no to the other options? What do you end up with instead? A social media platform by the MyPillow guy, Mike Lindell. That should be better than the thing that we said wasn't good. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a, some people are just uh, better than other people. <laughs> well, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean better? Like better at chess, better at uh, math? Like, you know, the whole, like God created everybody equal. That's not true. Some people's, <laughs> oh boy, some people's lives well, that's what I'm saying. Some people's lives have more quality to them than other people's lives. And it has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with gender. Although some people would like uh, you to think that. Um, it has merely to do with how honestly you look at the world and how honestly you understand yourself. 
in that world as opposed to having this high and mighty ideal of yourself. I'll give you an example. I, I just think everybody has a little Patrick Bateman in them. That's why Brett Easton Ellis sold so many of those American Psycho books. Who cares? Whatever. When I was in college, this is the example I'm referencing. When I was in college and I would go out, you know, causing a ruckus at night, uh, I, I would have a tendency with my friends after becoming intoxicated. I would say, hey guys, let's go beat the shit out of a homeless person. And the next morning they'd be like, dude, you're saying some really messed up stuff. And I'd be like, oh, is the alcohol talking? That's what that's what I was telling them. I'd panic and I'd go, oh, I need to go return some videotapes. The point is, I had that terrible, terrible urge in me. And the fact that I'm telling you now that I understand it makes me better than you. The fact that I wanted to beat up homeless people and I recognize that in myself literally makes me better than you. And this is where I need a producer or someone laughing in the background because now I just sound like a complete sociopath. 